0: journey has brought me to an understanding of the divine forces with which we have all been bestowed. It was in this search that I came upon a revelation which has called me to guide millions of people towards their righteous destiny. destiny. We gotta do a song, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do a song that you never heard before. Wait. 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 Still Babe, I split that. Orchestra Medina Bond, exceptional, extra, extra terrestrial. From out the ghetto, rest of you. Put your yard up on knowledge like the lessons though So fly, can get high out the residue. So real, I'm surreal, of am pure, deal. Dante, Flacco, flow handsome, co Welcome everybody to Jeff versus The World Presents, the I Am Not Dave Wrestling Podcast, episode number nine. Uh, yeah, I'm back. Uh, I just want to get behind the microphone this week and talk about the things that I enjoyed or the things that I wanted to discuss this week. And the first thing I want to discuss this week is Edge is back uh one of my favorite wrestlers is back uh the part-time schedule i believe it's a three-year contract i'm not sure about that uh and i'm gotta tell you it's been a long time since i got emotionally emotionally invested in something that happens in wrestling but hearing that music and seeing that crowd erupt uh it just brought a, a big smile to my face i felt like a kid uh it was just great seeing that uh and then it continued into friday oh excuse me it continued to monday Monday's Raw with him and Randy Orton. And this is what I like to see Randy Orton being that vile heel. Uh, ignoring how I personally feel about him, just thinking about the wrestler itself, this is where I like to see him at. And hopefully, uh, you know, him and Edge will be able to, well, hopefully, him and Edge will tell a good story and hopefully have a, a decent to good wrestling match at um, uh, WrestleMania. Uh, so we'll see where that's going to go. Um, something happened on social media, uh, this week and it was after the Royal Rumble and I think the video of Naomi went out and a lot of, you know, people of color and women saw it and they were like, Hey, I didn't know WWE had black women and like this wrestling there. And it was real. A lot of positive things about Naomi is like, I haven't seen something like this in a minute. I mean, have you seen like just for her. And as long as she been there, you know, maybe for the exception of her winning the title, maybe I'm not sure, but it was really cool. And, you know, everybody was talking about her and, you know, social media was a buzz about Naomi. So then we have Brian Alvarez and, you know, he has his own show and stuff like that. He does a show with uh, Dave Meltzer. Excuse me. He does a show with Dave Meltzer. Uh, But this is a show, I guess with him and his friends or whoever, I don't really watch or listen to him. So I'm, not familiar with the people that were on there and they were talking about Naomi's spot in the rumble. You know, she always has a spot. Well, you know, she doesn't, her feet don't touch the floor and she finds a way to get back in the ring. Well, these three guys decided to be very tone deaf in the way they were talking about um, them not liking uh, the spot. And it was, Stupid motherfucker, and it was idiot, and it was things like that. That I'm not, it's, it wasn't cool at all. And I don't think you can feel a certain type of way about, you know, a wrestler, a wrestling match, but also, too, it's a way of explaining, you know, it's a better way to explain yourself if you don't like something. It's a lot of things I don't like, but I'm very, well-spoken enough to know how to say it in a way that wouldn't hurt someone's feelings. And I think when they got to Naomi, you know, and I think I had retweeted her tweet that, you know, she was kind of hurt by that. Not hurt that says like, what was me? But she just couldn't believe that people would talk like that because if you're talking like that, she's married. And if that was my wife, me and you gonna have a conversation, actually me, you and the other two guys in there have a conversation about it. And, I just don't understand how you can be that tone deaf. And it just suddenly seemed, seemed really angry. And this is just another reason why I want all my people of color to succeed, especially when it comes to this wrestling thing. So I'm like, we need more, we need more women. We need more people of color in wrestling writers, rooms, podcasts, everything, because we need to start holding all these people accountable for the things that they say and do. Um, Just in every aspect of wrestling, from the characters, from the storylines they want to tell, uh, from needing to have more black and women writers in the back, more people to say, no, this isn't right, and telling them why why it's not right. We need those things. And we need them like yesterday. Because, you know, sometimes people can get out of pocket. And I just feel like that was an out-of-pocket conversation those three guys were having. And it felt more like something they would say off the mic and not on the mic. Now, from what i am to, been told, because like I said, I don't follow Alvarez or anything like that. What I've been told is that he's like this with everybody. Well, that's fine if he's like that with everybody, you know but I'm just talking about what I saw and I can only speak for what I saw. Now I guess I'm standing corrected because more than one person has told me this in the last couple of days and I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's cool or whatever, but I still feel the way I feel about it. And I'm sure how he feels about it. Don't get it twisted. He has his own show. He has his own thing. He does his own thing. So he can get behind the mic and say whatever he wants to say, but he has to understand when you do things like that, it's going to be repercussions. No matter if it's, hey, I may lose people, you know, money this this month or, I, you know, somebody going to come and check me or whatever it may be. Things you has got to have a repercussion for things like that. And I understand, you know, some people saying, well, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, to you. But it just came off very weird because it was like almost a high on social media about Naomi, and he just comes with him and his friends or his uh, coworkers or whatever they may be and just shits on everything. He shits on the whole thing. That's fine. You, can, you cannot like that. And that's the one thing I want people to know. He did not have to like the spot. And that's fine. It's a lot of things that I don't like in wrestling. But it was just the way and the tone that he was talking about it that was just off. And nobody's going to make me think any different about that. Um, I really enjoyed the Rumble match. The Royal Rumble match was great. I like what they did with Brock. I like the stories that were told in between um, the Rumble uh especially you know with Kofi and Ray coming trying to get their revenge but they didn't get their revenge but um that's a story for another day uh but Drew McIntyre winning I thought was great I think it was the right thing to do um because at this point we need to see hey can we make can we can we go with somebody else and I think that Drew I mean I man, I just remember Drew McIntyre, when he first got to WWE or when I first noticed him in WWE. And this is pre. uh, uh What is it? What was he calling himself? No, no, no. This is when he was calling himself. The chosen one. Well, I think Vince McMahon was calling him the chosen one. I can't remember whatever. And then, you know, he went to three MB and then he got released. But, you know, he kept he kept going. He kept working. You know, he went to the um, independence and he he grinded. He, he put in a real grind to get back into his position and it's something to applaud. It's something to say about that to some, that you love something so much. Are you in, you love and you're invested in something so much that no matter what you kept on going because you knew what you had and you knew that you had something that you could offer the company and you knew you could be that, that guy, or you could be in a position to be that guy because, He's going to WrestleMania. He's going against Brock. That's not to say he's going to beat Brock, but, but just to be in the position of one of the WrestleMania um, main event match, I think is great. I think it's a great story. And it's just good to see because I just remember seeing some of the evolved matches of Drew McIntyre. I'm like, damn, he put on put on a little couple of pounds and, you know, he toned up and it's like, God damn, this dude's he's like a real star. Because when he initially came he was calling himself the chosen one, I was just like, yeah, I don't see it. I just never saw it. And he, you know, he was the intercontinental champion. And I was just still like, yeah, I still don't see it. But then seeing him on the independence years later, I'm like, whoa, nah, this didn't, now he looking like a chosen one. Now he looked. And maybe it was that um, you know, that putting on those couple of pants, but it wasn't to me, it was more of he seemed more like he felt comfortable. When he was doing it back then, I don't think he was, I'm not gonna say he wasn't comfortable, but just something just seemed off about it. And now he's just like the confidence is there and you can see it. And it was great to see that response from the fans of, you know, do you deserve it? And I know that you deserve it. Thing is thrown around a lot of the hell of a lot. But, uh, for that moment, you know, I think I was genuine because If you knew the story of Drew McIntyre from, you know, the chosen one to three MB to, you know, working on the independence to getting going back to NXT and then coming back on the main roster. And then the main roster, you know, it's kind of, was kind of up and down when he first got there and he didn't know. And then all of a sudden he turned babyface And now we hear him about to go against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And, um, yeah, I just can't wait for that. That's going to be, uh, that's going to be something, uh, I don't think it's too much of that. And the return of edge, you know, that and the return of edge I thought were the best things for me at, at, at the Rumble. Um, I know I what I wanted to do is I just wanted to give a shout out. And these are just some of the podcasts that I've been listening to uh heavy. And, you know, if you if you got a lot of wrestling podcasts, you might as well add these to them because I'm telling you, you'll enjoy them. So first up, uh, Those Wrestling Girls uh, podcast, check them out. Dead Ass Girls podcast, check them out. And uh, check out the PW Torch East Coast cast with uh, Travis Bryan, Rich Fan, and uh, Cameron Hawkins. Uh, yeah, and these are all POC uh, shows that you can enjoy, and women you can enjoy it's talking wrestling. I think that's just great. Uh let's talk about AEW. Two things from AEW I want to talk about. And the first thing is the Britt Baker promo. Uh she cut a live promo um, in the crowd. And I'm just I got a little, little piece of it and I want you guys to hear it. If you didn't watch AEW, or don't if you didn't hear it or see it. And Tony, I care about you a lot. So I have to tell you that judging just from the appearance and the stench of your gum tissue, I can confidently diagnose you with moderate to severe generalized gingivitis. So, Tony, you need to pick up a damn toothbrush. And Cleveland, Cleveland, congratulations. You finally have a baker you can trust in. How good was that? I mean, this is what I wanted when she initially was in AEW. I got it. She was the first sign, and then everybody was happy about it, so everybody treated her, you know, I guess like a baby face. But then matches started to happen, and the matches didn't click, so people were kind of just like they were indifferent every time she would come out. I think the only big response she really got thus far was when she was in her hometown but other than that it was kind of like always lukewarm and maybe unsure but now with this uh, this is what i wanted i figured that she could make a better heel and while this is just maybe one of her first promos as a heel i think we got something i think we got something with this and it was just really good and she came off she she started it seemed like she started off a little shaky but as she kept going it it, it got better and uh, yeah i'm just I'm happy that they finally turned her heel and I can't wait to see what more they, they're going to do with her. Um, another thing to talk about from AEW is a promo and it was a promo from Pac and it wasn't, had nothing to do with what he said. Actually, I couldn't even tell you anything that he said in the promo right now, but it was the visuals. The visuals were great. Okay. So it's like, it, it was just it's black and white and it was kind of like grimy and grainy And he's just walking down the steps, cutting a promo about Omega. I do remember it was about Omega. Um, Omega and AEW. So it was just shot so well, and it was so different. And that's what you want. Those are the small things that I think can help AEW and get more eyes on them. Because it was just a promo. You see a promo on WWE or anywhere else all the time. And... It was just him walking down the steps, cutting a promo, and then he was cutting a promo so hard that I think he had had end up having to got a loogie and he had to clear it out. Spit he spit it out, but which is gross. But it still it made more to the promo like oh, and I thought it was just really it was just a really good visual, and those are the small things that I think that if AEW can keep up and keep those type of things going, then I think they'll get more eyes on them. And as of right now, you know, hey, they've they've been doing a a good job. You know, they've been doing a good job and they've been been going up, going up. You know, it started off shaky. And again, they still have issues they need to take care of. Um, They still have certain things that you would wish they uh, would do. But as far as promos now, I don't think that's a big problem. Or like, I don't think that's a big problem. Like it was initially, you know, they're starting to get people in the microphone now. Um, you may, you may want some more of the backstage stuff, but you don't want too much. Cause again, it's a two hour show, uh, potentially maybe having another show. So right now, I think they're in that sweet spot where they can have like two or three promos a night. And I think that's good enough. Um, worlds collide. I enjoyed worlds collide. Uh, and you know, I'm maybe you guys can tell me. I'm not sure, but it seemed like to me, and I think I tweeted this out, it seemed like to me World's Collide was a test run to see if they can get away without calling the shows takeovers anymore. Y'all let me know. You let me know at Jeff Versus the World on Twitter if uh if I'm right or wrong on that. I probably could be wrong, but it just seemed like it seemed like a test run because I know we still have not take over in uh, February or WrestleMania, whenever the next takeover, whenever the next takeover is, I think it's in February. Uh, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever the next takeover is going to happen they're having a takeover, but the world's collide was pretty much a takeover. I mean, you just had a mixed up roster of uh, NXT and you, the UK NXT, and I thought it was, um, I thought it was a really good show. I really enjoyed the show. Uh, It just seemed like those shows just get it. And it's just like, listen, we know what y'all want. Y'all want the action. Forget all that other noise. Here you go. And we're going to give it to you a lot. I enjoyed the uh, Undisputed Era match um, against Imperial. Uh, Even though with, you know, Imperial losing the man because of an injury or whatever, they didn't miss a beat in that match. They did not miss a beat. And, you know, it's always... That amazes me because it's so many matches like that can always just once something happened go downhill but I think a lot of those guys in that match have been in situations like that before that you know they were just like, you know what it's good to go. we still got this we still got them just keep on going and that just shows you the you know the makeup of that group and how professional they are and how they can you know keep their head and keep their focus and keep going on with the match um other than that. That's not really too much uh I want to talk about this week. Those are just things that I had, you know, just jotted down on my phone or written down on a sheet of paper real quick because I said, yeah, yeah, I want to talk about this real quick. There's no need to, you know, go all night about it. But I will be back next week. Uh I think I like this Saturday spot. I really do. I think I like this because I get to sit back and see everything um from raw, from uh a w and nxt and smackdown and you know it matter if it's a pay-per-view or not but this sad thing might become a thing i'm not sure if it will be but it might become a thing so um yeah we'll see but anyway if you want to follow me on um, social media you can follow me at jeff versus the world on twitter and facebook if you want to uh, follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at The Real Jeff Versus The World. Any questions or comments, you can leave at Jeff Versus The World at yahoo.com. Um, and until uh, next week, we are out. This is episode nine. Peace.